0: Hello and welcome to Off The Record, our new daily record sports podcast with me, David McCarthy and Keith Jackson. I know it's hard to believe, but between us, we've got over 50 years experience working the record sports desk, but are mere striplings in comparison to the longevity of today's guest, the world's first and surely still best super agent, Bill McMurdo.
1: He's also calling you older, Bill, you get it. I
0: know. Well, anyway, welcome, Bill. Welcome, Bill. <laughs> You've represented or worked with everyone from George Best to Rod Stewart, a guy called Johnston, whom we might talk about later on.
2: Big Barry. Derry Johnson. Derry Johnson, exactly. <big> aye, <laughs>
0: aye. Um, and I'm sure we'll get over all of them in the course of the chat, but let's start at the beginning. Tell us, how did a wee guy from Nidre end up rubbing shoulders with some of the superstars of uh, the world of sport and beyond? Well,
2: I was very fortunate insofar so far as it I worked with Timex. I was a sales manager, Timex National Sales Manager. And at that time, we uh, sponsored Emerson Fittipaldi. Mm-hmm. A, yeah, the one f champion. Yes. We had him a year just before he became a world champion. I was responsible for paying him then through the company over a million pounds, which is 1970, 72, something lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> We used to go to Brands Hatch and Silvers and all over Monaco and all the rest of it. And I always thought at that stage, all the stuff that they were making money out of from motorsport, I thought, why don't we do this in football? And I started getting involved. Derek Johns was one of the first. But I was very fortunate that the real first was George Best. Mm -hmm. And he opened a lot of doors for me then, as you can imagine, and even today.
1: But but I'm going to stop you because I've done a wee bit of reading on this it's fascinating and, and you know, Nidri and the coal mines and sure. then straight into the Timex thing. And great, Fittipaldi comes along. There's a, a bit of a leap between how you've decided, look, there's there's money to be made here, there's a business to be done here. Yes. How did you get from, that's a good idea, to I'll represent George Best? Who just I mean, has to be the best player. <laughs> I mean, that's a hell of
2: a leap. It was a massive leap all day, but, but George had had a few problems commercially, with different Asians at different times. And uh, I was very, very fortunate that he trusted me
0: implicitly. But how did so you meet him in the first place?
2: I met him down in Manchester in the early 70s, uh, socially. Right. right. And then I got involved with him when he went to America. Um, I don't know if you know the situation that happened with Hibs in 1980. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened was that they were that lo- I, I was a commercial consultant to Hibs at the time. And they were looking for a personality... To promote their one thousand pound, where it was a big deal, it was yeah. like a lottery, it
0: felt like a half time
2: draw thing. That, that was it. It was they just started this. I started the lottery thing for them, right? right. So we needed a personality to, to kickstart this. So what we did was, I said to them, "Look, I've got George coming over um, to play in Bobby Robson's testimonial mm-hmm. uh, next Tuesday. I could get him and his missus up. Get him. We never told anybody. We never told the press." We went to STV at the time they were filming the, the game and said, Look, we know you switch your cameras off at half time. I suggest you keep them going. And anyway, we introduced George. So we did the whole bit, but that was it. It was only sold on the adult. It was getting paid for doing this one off situation. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had sold them to San Jose just before that. Anyway, um, after the game, press conference, it was not the press press conference that you have today, but a press conference, mm-hmm. Tom Hart. And chairman,
0: uh, yeah. I, yes,
2: Hibs chairman, great guy. Anyway, I was at the press conference and uh, all the journalists wanted to know was why was George there and all this sort of thing. So Tom Hart said, well, he's really here. Just make a presentation and all the rest of it. And uh, the, one journalist who was a parliament says, is he going to sign for Hibs? And Tam says, No, 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 no. It was never intended that he should sign for Hibs. And I remember him distinctly. He said, Oh, is that because you couldn't afford them? You know, Tam Hart.
0: Right. So you took that as a personal challenge. He
2: said, Listen, you'll f- afford me. I'll pay his salary. Right? I'll pay it. So he then turned to me and said, Tuesday, we're going down to Hibswitch. Now I'm saying I'm saying George at the time, would you come to No, tied up with San Jose? I said I figured I think maybe get you out of that in short term. She <laughs> said right, okay now you have to understand that Tom Hart was paying him two and a half grand a game. Right. Right. Now to put in proper context. There was nobody. He was the highest paid footballer in the UK. Right. Bar none. But I assure you.
1: Yeah, Rangers players were making... Rangers Celtic players.
2: Rangers were making 400 and Celtic were making 370. <laughs> <laughs> Not he's on, why. He's on five grand for two games. Right. So we sort of convinced him it was a good thing. And you'll you remember the first game we played at St. and there was 16,000 there. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Just unheard of. The first game at Easter Road... Twenty-three and a half thousand people there wow. against Partick Thistle. Uh, they right. took a cheque away for about three or four grand, unheard of.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it had an impact in the whole of Scottish football because clubs were getting a lot of revenue. Because and at that playing.
0: time, of course, clubs were splitting the gates, weren't they? So every yes, time he went away for home, that's right. It was a massive crowd, and yes. um, and Hibs were still getting a, a payback yeah, for that. A he paid for
1: himself. Right. Yes,
2: right. He, he never cost Tom Hart a penny, the truth be
1: told. Tell me this, Bill, right? because I'm quite interested. You said that the journalist that asked the question yes. that needled Tom Hart yes. into doing the deal was a friend of yours. Yes. Did you plant the idea on that journalist's <laughs> head to ask that question? <laughs> I wish I <to> had, but, <laughs> 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 but you, you, <clears throat>
2: there were buzzing, as you can imagine. They fucking George Best <laughs> and uh, yeah, the journalist boomed straight in
0: there. Uh, tell us this as well. Because there was a lot of rumours at the time that Rangers might have been wanting to sign him.
2: That, that was after it, David. That was, um, I would say, after he'd been there about a year.
0: Right.
2: Um, Jock wanted to sign him. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty far down the road. But Jack Gillespie stopped it. He, he said he wouldn't, wouldn't allow it to happen. So it never, never took off. He'd done a job for Rangers, I think. But uh-huh. I'll tell you story too you know that you speak about it, the Rangers came in, right? We were down in Manchester doing a, a talk show for Piccadilly Radio. And after we finished, I got this message and the guy says, you phone Ron Atkinson. And Josh had just played with Iceland and he played against Man United mm-hmm. in Iceland, pre-season friendly. And then he played for... Glenn Torn against Man United the Saturday after it wow. so we're then in Manchester the following week and I get a phone call I got a message saying uh, you phoned Big Ron and I phoned him I Big
1: said, Ron's the Man United manager, he's the team. manager
2: of the time and he said uh, well I want to sign George He <laughs> said you're kidding me he went, no. I've seen enough for the last two or three games that he's played against us I want to sign him
0: What age would he have been by this time?
2: early 30s I uh, you know no, but maybe a we bit older
0: right maybe about
2: 36 or something right, right. Okay. and I, I said to George I said that's by drawing on the phone he wants to sign you, and he went no really he says, I don't even have to think about it he says, it would be a disaster because everyone would compare with what I could do all these yeah. years ago
1: right. like Ronaldo going back to Old Trafford all well, these years later oh, I know
2: uh-huh. so but uh, he signed for Bournemouth after that, you know, after the hipster mm-hmm. and all, mm-hmm. but signed for Bournemouth, um, Harry Redknapp was the assistant coach and Don Mexon was the manager. Right. But yeah, he a okay down there, but we then travelled all over the world, going around Australia, New Zealand, America, all over Europe playing testimonial games.
0: Well, that's the thing. I was going to actually ask you because <clears throat> I did a story a few years ago uh, about a guy who... Ran our growth Vicks, yes, right. Yes, and uh, and he told yeah, the story right, yeah, that he, yeah. he played one game for our growth Vicks to celebrate their 100th anniversary yes, or something. That's right. But he tells this great story, this guy, about how he brought his missus with him. Now, his missus yes. just happened to be Miss World Mary Savage. Yeah. 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 Right? <laughs> so- She's sitting in their growth social club, yes, that's right. <laughs> <We'll be>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, oh, it's yeah, yeah. quite incredible. But it seemed for always kind of you know, he was a world superstar, quite clearly. but that sounds like pretty down to earth behaviour, you know, bringing your Mrs. Taylor bro Social Club to We did. You know?
2: We did uh, we actually played that week that weekend. Mm-hmm. We played in Dingwall of all places. Right. And the Celtic team came to watch us play. Would you believe that? In Dingwall. <laughs> How right?
0: come? Well they, they they were they, they, they were pre season training. All were right, pre-season
2: right. We bobby leonards brought the ball over great, right. absolutely first class. We played in Dingwall on the Saturday. We played in uh, Stonehaven on the Sunday, um, and Miss Miss Mary was with us all the time.
1: That's absolutely it. it Sounds sounds to me, Bill, very much as if the reason that you and Charles got together and this this super agent was born and you know he's a superstar, based on you said a good few nights out together, was it basically just as simple as that you got on well socially?
2: Yes, very, very, very much so. We've traveled all over the world, but the unreal thing is that. George was known for drinking, and I'm Tito. Mm-hmm. I've always been Tito, so mm. it, it was a perfect batch. I would try to keep him on the straight and narrow. <laughs> what a job! <laughs> <laughs> it's a full time job. You.
0: you were telling us off here just before we, we came on about how um, re- the roles were reversed one day in, uh, in Hong Kong when you had him over there, yes. and uh, you were playing, and he wasn't. Tell us about that story.
2: Well, the wee guy, Derek, carried good parlours, Scots boys, you know. I had this team and they asked me if I would play three days before George was playing his first game for Hong Kong Rangers. So I'm playing away and he said, what well, we can do just to put some life in it, will make George a linesman. <laughs> so every time I touched the ball, <laughs> <laughs> put the flag on it, it was unreal. It was just annoy me. Right, right. But the, and we Derek came up with a crack it. after it, he said to us in the dressing room, George, so I'm not bothered about you for Sunday, but forget about you. What
1: you do <laughs> they wanted to say, Hong Kong Rangers wanted to sign you. Which was almost the achievement of a lifetime of ambition, just the Hong Kong bit. <laughs> I, I think the Hong Kong bit, you'd have been all right.
0: I <laughs> know, no, absolutely. Well, we also, we, we need to talk about, because for all that George Best is probably your most global superstar player that you, you might have had under your wing, I would imagine that in this part of the world, there's only one player that people want to talk to you about. And it's no Derek Johnston.
2: John Collins. John- <laughs> he was the bad guy, to be fair. <laughs> you you know. I looked
0: that from. You know that. I didn't know
2: that. No, no. no so you're John about, as well. I'll tell you hundred stories about me, John. Great stories, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, brilliant stories. Aye, uh, Well, go on then. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> if I did, Alec Barr would never sleep at night. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. Okay. Right. That, that's fine. No. What? What about the? I mean, were you taken aback? And you? You grew up. In this part of the world, right. but even were you taken aback by the reaction to everything that transpired with Mo's transfer? No, no, no. you knew it was coming.
2: I thought it had been worse if it should be told, but we were very, very fortunate. Um Having said that, I had security at the house for six months, <laughs> but they, <laughs> they, they were having a jolly. I mean, there was no—we never saw an angry person. But, but they were there, and razor provided the security and all the rest of it. But that, that's, I've got to tell you, that was 1989, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yes, 10th of July, 1989. I've got to tell you that every day since then, somebody mentions Morris Johnson in all different parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you know, I look after a lot of Spanish players. Yeah. I, I reckon I've looked after, in the last 15 years, maybe 200 Spanish players. And to a man I say, tell me about Boris Johnson. Really? <laughs> tell me about Boris Johnson. I was in Bologna last week and met with their chief executive.
0: That's because Lewis is there, obviously. Yeah. Lewis Ferris. And, and
2: the sporting director, right? And I walked in and the chief executive says, Bull, before we discuss anything, I need to talk to you. I saw you on the television last night on Bestie's documentary. All right. I said, All right, it was the sky it was a two uh-huh. I went, yeah, that's right. He went, tell me about George Best. Forget all the rest. (laughs) (laughs) Talk to me about George Best. And now, I've got to say this to you, that wherever I've gone, I've sold a lot of players abroad to all different countries. And Everywhere you go, even to this day, people want to know about George, what Mm -hmm. kind of guy he was. Mm -hmm. So he opened a lot of doors for me to start with. Um, The first three people that I had was Bessie, I was Jock Wallace, I was Jock's mm-hmm. agent. I brought him up from Leicester to Motherwell at the Rangers. Seville, I took him to Sevilla. Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was there. And so I was, I was very fortunate. But I've always been aware of the fact that it opened best the doors for me. No doubt about it. Because it gave me instant credibility. He was arguably the best footballer in the world at the time. Mm-hmm. So after that, you don't want to go downhill. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Uh-huh.
1: Um, but the, mor- the Morris one is the one that that, that, that got the notoriety, yes. isn't it? That 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 was the one that uh, I mean everybody knew who you were, Bill. Right. My own backstory at the time, I'm a sixteen-year-old kid. Right. And I was starting a work experience another newspaper, not the one that I always wanted to work for. So as was Morris only, one club you I'm wanted to play to for. On <laughs> <laughs> so, I yeah. and I was I was doing work experience from school and Happened to get a, uh, I was going out with a girl at the time and she phoned me up and I'd just get back on the Friday night and she phoned and she said, you're not going to believe this. I says, well, probably not, but try me. She says, my dad has just had a phone call. Morris Johnson's going to sign for Rangers next week. It's going to be happening Tuesday next week. I said, oh, behave yourself, phone down. Then I'm thinking to myself, hold on a wee second here, I'm trying to make this as a journalist. Somebody just phoned me to tell me that Morris Johnson is signing for Rangers next week. If I don't phone this in, my career is over before it's even started. I phoned into the office that night. I said, "Look, I know this is a long shot. I know it sounds crazy, but I've just heard that Morris Johnson might be signing for Rangers." Now, the point I'm making is, at that time, I'm a 16 year old kid. You were already a super agent. You were all Bill McMurdo was already, you know. But this was the deal that brought the notoriety this was the deal I think uh, even though you were in charge of yours Best this was the deal that Bill McMurdo became
2: Oof, he's done that deal yeah. what yes. <laughs> well, yes most definitely <laughs> it, it was earth shattering to yeah. say the least um, when did
0: you get the first hint that Rangers wanted to do the deal
2: when well, I heard about Keith <laughs> <laughs> For, uh, you know the story about Chiefy that night don't you
1: I know I, I know what's meant to have been said, yes.
2: It was said, uh, trust me.
1: By uh, Chiefie, you mean, you mean Alex mean Alex, uh, Alex, Alex Cameron. Alex Cameron, once yes. of this very yes. parish. Yes, uh-huh. yes. Yeah.
2: Because he got the call
1: mm-hmm.
2: on Sunday night when we did the deal on, on Monday. Chiefie got the call on uh, uh, good authority, and the guy says, look, I'm from Falkirk. I'm a friend, uh, the wee guy that was the chairman. David, David Holmes? David Holmes, mm-hmm. yeah. He said, i am giving you really, this a good authority. He says, Boris uh, Johnson signing for Rangers in the morning. The guy No, he said, I'm telling you. He says, Here's my phone number. You ought to check my credentials out, speak to David Holmes, et cetera, et cetera. Stevie was the chairman then, you know that. Mm-hmm. So, as far as I know, Chiefy then phoned, the guy then phoned Chiefy, Chiefy was in the house. The guy phoned Chiefy from the newspaper, the, the editor. He says, they're going to sign, what's his name, the boy from? from Leeds, Sheridan. They're going to sign Sheridan.
1: Oh, that's right. He played right. for the Republic of Ireland, yes. They're
2: going to sign John Sheridan. That's
1: right, John Sheridan. Now,
2: the record killed it. Decided not to do it right. And when we walked in, into the Blue Room, when he was about to sign, Chiefy was sitting right in the front row, with Ian and Paul mm-hmm. right?
1: from the Herald.
2: And when Morris walked through the door, just we died. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was going to I thought it was going to kill over. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the funny thing, Chiefy and I hadn't spoken for about ten years, and then we became pals. I, I don't know why, but mm-hmm. after the whole event, we became pals. We used to go a few social things together. I liked Chiefy. I thought he was mm-hmm. first class journalist, mm-hmm. but that's what happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah. T- talk to us about the whole circumstance where Morris is paraded at Celtic Park with a Celtic top on and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you must have known at that time that he hadn't signed anything. Well, and yet yes. Celtic still went through with that. I mean, would you know saying to him, wait a minute, you've been a bit, you yeah.
2: know. i have to explain the situation fully. The Jack McGinn was the chairman or whatever it was, I can't remember, but he was was number one. Mm -hmm. Boris says to me, I came back from Nantes with him. Mm -hmm. And and Karen, the three of us, came back just for a wee weekend. And uh, because of the situation with Nantes and all the rest of it, I got a letter from Jack McGinn to tell me that I was persona non grata at Celtic Park. I've still got the letter. To I've had
1: me. a few of them mm-hmm. <laughs> from both sides of the city.
2: <laughs> so I wrote back to him and said to him, look, if you have occasion to write to me again, will please use the Queen's English? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it no, went down too well. Oh. But anyway, so Morris says to me, look, they're doing this wee thing at Parkhead and big bullies asked me. I said, I I could go on band, right? So he says, I, I'm going along. He says, I, I don't know what's going on. I says, do you think they want to sign you? oh Stupid. I said, well, possibility, he went, no, no. So, what I did was, I gave him a letter to present to Celtic Park, to Celtic Football Club, to say that he was not in a position to sign, he was the contract, to on, and the whole bit, and a company owned his contract, right? He handed that when he got to Parkhead, he asked him to sign, and he, he gave him a So he said, I can't do it, and the whole bit. Be Andy McGinnis, she we be we it. Mm-hmm. He phoned me, and said to me, why is Morris going into Parkhead this afternoon? Are you going? I said, no. He says, well, they've called the price cards, I, I don't know why. But anyway, it came out that he said he was going to sign. Um, Boris signed it when then went back to Nantes on the Monday, and I phoned Jack McGinn from from Paris Airport. or we were stopping from Paris to Nantes. And I said to him, it's not on. It's not happening. Just can't go ahead and all this, but and caused all sorts of problems as you can imagine. But but I kept saying, "Well, Bill, show us what is signed. Show, show give it. Show us the contract." I had to go to court. You know, I, I mm-hmm. went to the court session or whatever it was to, to get. Why why, to why why
1: were you why were you against it at that time, Bill? What, what 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 was telling you and your instinct that this wasn't a deal that you wanted to do?
2: I'll tell you what it was. Yeah, one hundred percent what it was. We had an offer from Torino, we had an offer from Stuttgart, we had an offer from Spurs, right, cast iron mm-hmm. offers mm-hmm. and he said to me, do you think I should spend some more time abroad and I said yes because maybe you're a far better player, maybe play with uh Desolets playmate with Deschamps and all these guys, right?
1: He was a better player. He became a, a far oh, better player. Fabulous. Mm-hmm.
2: fabulous. They loved them. They mm-hmm. loved them. Marcel Desolets and Didi Deschamps love them. Yeah. And I said, look, if I was giving you advice, I would, I would ask you to stay abroad for the next three, four years, whether you change countries or whatever. But I mean, remember they played against France and scored the two goals. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and we had more or less agreed that he was it was going to go to Torino or Stuttgart. Mm-hmm. That's we well, had walked down that road, and then Ter Venables came in um, and said that they wanted to sign him. And you know, how much was he going to cost and all this
1: For stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: And then all, all of a sudden, um, I, I know that Graham always liked them. He used to say to me. Um, He's, he's a new player since he's been to France and this that next thing, he's great, and he's oh, twice the player he was before. No, always told me, and I met him and Walter that in the directors box. at Hammond Park where he scored the two goals. Mm-hmm. I was with the sports director, a guy called Robert Buzinski, who was the sports director in Nantes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, met, but I, knew, I knew they were impressed with what he had done then. And Graham stores all these things away, as you can imagine. And, uh, they then came, we decided it wasn't going to sell them. Oh, I must tell you this story. We had a situation whereby it was had a three-year contract with Nantes, right? Now at that time you never ever got a free transfer. Right. They mm-hmm. always the club could mm-hmm. always retain you and all this. And yeah. But I had done a deal with Nantes and said, look, we'll do a three-year deal. But at the end of that three years, want a free transfer so it's was actually running a contract
1: mm-hmm. the, the, first ever Bosman Bosman before Bosman, Bosman. Bosman yeah
2: uh-huh. first time ever uh-huh. right so, so they agreed that. so I anyway mean, he played two years yeah. so I then I, I then went to him and said look he's in his last year you know if he leaves uh, the end of next year he, he, he's, he's free nothing they said yeah. free and I said, yeah. I said well, how do you feel about that I said do you want me to find out if there's a market for him or things like that he said aye do that, because obviously no, I knew if they sold them then, they would get some get money. Some
1: money right?
2: so, right, okay. so anyway, I got a contact from Montpellier, right, and the guy, the president, a guy called Nicole, great, great guy, quite a, a big name in French football. I wanted to sign Morris's says So Morris and I went down there on Good Friday, right, to Montpellier, The guy was notorious, Uh, he he owned this refuse company and all that, right? So, we're in his house midnight, and he's going, This is that, and this is it. We'll do this, and I'll pay 750 grand for him. I said, What money? Mm -hmm. I'll pay that for him, and this, that, and Yeah, yeah, that's fine, okay. So, his wife's making dinner for us a late dinner. So, he says, We've got this all made. I said, Yes, well, I would need (laughs) 750 grand. I'll speak to you in the morning. He said, But I need to tell you one thing. You see, if you don't allow the deal to go through, I'll break your f***ing legs.
0: That's <laughs> what so I said. To you or to, to Boris? To
2: me, to me. I said, well, I'll leave his legs <laughs> right? So I get back to Nant. I said, look, got Montpellier. they Want to pay 750 grand. It's a deal. It's a deal. So, Nant then gave him six weeks. This was after the Celtic. Yeah, say, yeah, right. And the whole bit. And they said, we'll give them six weeks to come up with the money. But they couldn't raise the money for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So they, they signed a substitute from Oxair. Oh, Do you know who that was?
1: Go on. Eh? No.
2: No, no. Eric Cantera?
1: Eric <laughs> Cantona. <laughs> 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 Whatever happened to him?
2: Eric yeah, right, Cantona. Seriously, absolutely <laughs> insane. Yeah, right. For coppers, obviously. He, if they couldn't afford something, what? So, so that, that was it. Then this is a massive um, transfer altogether. As you, as right.
1: you know. so, the, so, so, the interesting thing comes about with, with what? Because you're from this part of the country. We all know this yeah. is mind blowing stuff. Right. What was the first phone call? Right, you, you know that they look quite like him. You know that as soon as. His, Get a bit of devilment in him and all that, right? And probably courageous enough to do something, but it's still ridiculous, it's still yeah. a deal that never happens. When was the first time you picked up the phone and thought, geez, oh, this actually might happen?
2: I remember after I got a call for you, students, right? I remember saying to Morris, I've got a question for you. <laughs> you got the range Yes, just like that.
1: Yes, set the scene for us. Where is this conversation taking place?
2: He, at that time, he was in, he was in he was at his in, mother's place. It well, was over for the weekend. Right. Right? Yeah. So I said, was you signed for a raise? I oh, said, stupid. I said, course. There's a possibility. I want to put it as strong as that. Right. So anyway, he went, oh, well, I would. I said, really? Could you, could you handle the pressure? well oh, I've handled the pressure all my life. That wouldn't be a, a problem with me. I would love to play for Graham Sirius.
1: And you've asked him that question, Why?
2: I just had a feeling that the Rangers could be buzzing about. You know, again, at the Hamden thing, I thought, they went out of their way to tell me how how good uh, he was and all this sort of thing.
0: It's actually the perfect storm, isn't it? Because you've got Mo Johnston's personality mm-hmm. that no every player would have had the, the gumption, the bravery yes. to, to do yeah, that. I mean. He's the personality that could. But you've also got Graham Souness, who's yes. exactly the kind of personality that would say, I don't care about 100 years of tradition and the rest of it. Yeah. I want him. And as Keith said, there's also a wee bit of, uh, well, it's sticking it to Celtic.
2: There's no doubt about that. I mean, suppose he never kicked a ball for Rangers. Mm-hmm. It had an impact on Celtic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say even to this day, mm-hmm. truth be told. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Celtic were flying just before that. And then the very fact that he bought for Rangers had a... Mm-hmm terrible
1: effect on them. there's no doubt about that t- t- tell, t- tell me this Bill right? because I'm fascinated because I know the way this city works so I, I've phoned in that story mm. I'm going to work on the Monday morning and I actually think the thing was meant to happen on the Tuesday originally and I think they brought it forward because the sun got wind and the sun were going to break the story on the Monday morning I'm going to my last conversation is I've phoned this in from the house to say you might want to have a look at this I get the bus into Glasgow city centre. I'm getting onto the underground to go down at Kaukadens. And I'm going down the lift. I see the sun billboard Mojo joins jails, And I'm thinking, it's happened. It's happening. And I remember thinking, you know, I'm excited that this is a hell of a story. I can't wait to get into the office and all that. But I'm also conscious of the fact this is Glasgow. Everybody on that underground train was reading that paper. Where are you at this minute in time? Because this hasn't been confirmed. It's a story that's in the newspaper, but there's got to be a press conference. I'm trying to imagine what it was like to be in a car with Morris Johnson travelling through Gla- Glasgow city centre yes. <laughs> to go. To I- what we was were t-
2: actually, Alistair Hood drove us to Ibrox. Mm-hmm. You remember the security guy, Ranger yeah. He
1: But did you have a blanket over your head?
2: <laughs> he had a blanket over his head, I can tell you. Yeah, says, what did? Uh, I- Oh Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. See what happened right after it, Morris, Graham, and I got a flight, a a private jet from Edinburgh, and we stopped at Jersey to see David Mm Murray. And then we went on. (laughs) We were supposed to land in Pisa, right? And they were were flying in Italy. Graham, he wouldn't be pleased about me mentioning this, but anyway. Pilot says we've got a problem. It's like an army uh, airport. And you have to get permission. She says, I've got all the permission and all the rest of it, but they've said we're not getting in. So, what we had to do, we had to fly to Barry. Mm-hmm. We've got a helicopter from Barry to <laughs> Choco, El- right. El Choco.
1: Yeah, yeah, the training centre.
2: Real hero, right? Okay. Edward up, bringing a whole bit. Sitting in front of the plane, with the pilot was. I said, what's wrong with you? He said, I don't like flying. <laughs> I said, you just f- shatter. You just shatter your image, right? You're f- a and just issues. I don't like
1: helicopters he's <laughs> right just caused absolute chaos left it behind burning in the city centre and then he's panicking on the, on the helicopter oh, <laughs>
0: how was is, how is your relationship because I know you said that you didn't go on particularly well with Jack McGinn but how was your relationship with Celtic after that because you've represented Celtic players you represented McAvenny when he went to court didn't you again yes. uh, with the three Rangers players I,
2: but I looked after yes I looked after Frank the only agent he ever had from his 16 mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. He retired, right Great. He could have ended up at High Bronx, that's another story. But anyway. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> it's maybe one you want to
2: tell. <laughs> no, no. I, I know that Graham rated up there yeah. highly. Oh, without a doubt, doubt. I remember one day I was coming in at High Bronx, I played Dundee, I was coming in the front door, huge side of the night. Derek Graham I'm talking about, right? And he said to me, oh, by the way, he says, I, I got a phone call about one of your charges during the week. I said, "Who would that be. He went to McAvenie. I said, that is well, the here. hi, he says, I've got a phone call for Venables. He was inquired about him. He says, and he asked if I could recommend him. He says, well, he's the best striker in Scotland, bar none. He says, but i would go even further. This is Graham. I would say he's the best player in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? No. Ah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the it quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Anyway. But um, who, who was Ranger Strikers at the time?
2: Morris. <laughs> 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 a really deal, Mo-
1: Morris Mark Caitlin Alley McCoy. Yeah, that's
2: right. <laughs> but that was a f sense of humour, right? <laughs> You were asking you were asking uh, Actually I was banned twice from myself like, different days, but this person and know, that was shite, right? But anyway <laughs> I then got a phone call um, after it from Fergus McHann, this says to me, Bob, can you, can you do me a favour? I said, if I can. He says, could you get me Rod Stewart to open the, the North Stand? I tell you the story, no? I've
0: okay, read, I've heard so, about
2: this. So but, I, says, uh... I said, aye, I, uh, yeah, let me speak to him. He, at that time, it was a closet Celtic supporter. Right. right. He's a closet <laughs> Celtic So I phoned him up and said, listen, how do you feel about opening it? they stand it and sell it back I says I've told them he's laying on a private plane for you and all this no money right no fee but you'll get a, a seat in the director's box for life mm-hmm. you, you name on it and the whole bit I'll do it he says right I'll do it so I got on to Fergus I says right the whole, the whole thing's done right it's all agreed he's coming up it's a true story I'll never forget it's the 14th of June and they're playing this is, this is on the 13th
0: right
2: but the game against Newcastle United on the 14th is a friendly pre-season game, mm-hmm. right? So uh, I look after Yogi Hughes, and Friday night we go out to Falkirk. Mm-hmm. George Fullson, the chairman. No, so I don't. said, look, he's out of contract. We needing a new contract. What are you looking for? I told him, f- nobody'll pay that. I mean, no, I think he's got a club. If you've got a club ball. Go for
1: it. Go for it. Right. No. So,
2: John and I, Yogi and I have got two cars, his car and my car. It's an absolute true story. I said to him, you, um, you in a hurry? He said, no. I says, coming in the car a minute. I phoned up. He said, you Tommy? I You still interested in Yogi? F***, don't you know I'm." <laughs> I said, well, we've just told Falker, that's us. He says, eh, we could maybe do the deal tonight. I says, well, that'd be fine if it's just one problem, Bill. I says, What's that? They're trying to finish the standing for tomorrow and all, but it's easy, isn't he says, well we this situation everywhere,
1: yeah. Everywhere.
2: They'll spot you a away. Uh, yeah. So I, I said, Well, why don't you come in my house? And him and Bill are starting in my house. And we lot, fuck, yogi. In the kitchen <laughs> because he just wanted to sign. Yeah. So, so we did the deal in my house.
1: Anyway, he would have signed for £5 a week. Oh, right.
2: Just give me the contract. Right. Anyway, so we do it. So Tam says, I'm going to play him in the morning against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. So he says, Can you come in at 10 o'clock in the morning? I'll do his medical and the whole bit. Now, I said to, to Falkirk, I said, Look, if he goes to a tribunal, it's going to cost you 150, 200 grand, top whack. So they're up for that. They're, they're happy to do that, right? So anyway, we do a bit. Him and I get in there, we Brian Scott's a physio, and Tam says to me, got a problem. I said, what's the problem? She says, we got in touch with Falkirk last night and offered them 150, 200 grand. And they said, no, they're going to you tribunal, but they're going to ask for half a million, which is a nonsense because he's his age. Yeah. his yeah. salary and the whole so, right, okay, so he says, So Fergus says he's not a play today, right? And we'll go to work with Falker over the weekend, and then we'll Fergus
1: play. said that, Aye, yeah, and right.
2: we'll, we'll do it Monday, right? right? We'll do the deal on Monday. So I says to you, you're no playing, I said, but come with me. I took him in the car, we went to Glasgow Airport to meet Rod coming off the plane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he says, But I can f- believe this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannae get a contract with the yesterday and now sign <laughs> f- for I'm
0: about with Roger
2: I honestly hope, that I swear to me he had his two brothers with him and a couple of his pals right so Yogi tells the story His probably he says drop me a little hot potato he says "You get a taxi back you a you know, I was you. in fucking limo right he says I had to get a taxi it's a true story so <laughs> we did the whole bit, but I have to tell you. Just before kickoff, but in the in the boardroom, right? Be Fergus is here, another boy's so but Roger and his brothers, what have you. Fergus McCann says to well, me, I need to speak to you for a minute. I said, right, okay. So it goes over, What well, can I do for you, Gemma? This is, I want you to explain to Mr Stewart what's involved here. I said, Right, okay fifty three, him and I will walk through the tunnel. Right? Straight across the centre pitch. You and him? Rod and him. Rod uh, and Ferguson. Bridge, right?
0: yeah. Straight across Yeah,
2: the middle of the pitch. Straight right. across, you'll see the big stand of with the green, white and gold ribbons and all that. Well, you sing a wee song and cut the ribbon. I said, well, no singing a song. That's, that's not going to happen. I said, no doubt all year." fans will be singing." He said, right, okay, that's it. Get over there, he cuts the ribbons. Bob your said, right, okay, so I got a hold of Roger. He said, listen, here's the deal. Quarter three, you and the chairman, straight out the tunnel, straight across the park, they all be singing as you can imagine All but straight across the park to the north stand, the ribbons, green, white and gold, cut the ribbons. He said to me, well, myself <laughs> I said seriously I said why is that he well you know me I f- something in front of a crowds of 200,000 but that's my job that's yeah. what I do I'm neither up nor down I'm, f- I'm terrified I, I look the f- I love you all you've got to do is walk over there I've been giving it a hear a of nonsense right he says on my daughter's life he says to me I want you to come with me <laughs> <laughs> to the jungle, she's getting f- me. You uh. went why not? We all tell you why not because she's f- me for that. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not as bad as that. I said, <laughs> right. I said I'll tell you what I'll do. With you, I'll walk down to the, the end of the tunnel, and then you go.
1: Then yeah, you're, you're on your own. You're on your own. Did it, he sign no. though? No. no, no,
2: just no, no. No. <laughs> did he oh, it, it, sign? Quite emotional because half time we says for me again because Rod's going to America, he's going back to America the following day. He was, he was married to Rachel Hunter, right? And she's doing her nut because he's up in class for the day before I go back to America and no, all this nonsense. So we fergus says to me, I've got a problem, boss. What's that? He says, He you goes, know Rod's flight, yes, you'll have to have two pilots, yes. She says, Well, the co pilot has taken on mm-hmm. well. He's away to Victoria Hospital. So we're going to get another pilot to come up on a commercial flight and the fly down. So it was delayed. Oh, no, it was, it was just June, right? It was gorgeous. So he said, What's going to happen? He said, He'll come up. So effectively, you have to wait till about nine o'clock. She said, Right, okay. So <laughs> Roger, you're never going to believe this. What's that telling the story? Like, oh, she'll f- do her nut. <laughs> <laughs> he says she'll not believe me I said well put me on the phone she said I'll even give you the chair really confirm it. but I guy the boys was 100 mil uh-huh. so that was it but
1: the funny the funny thing is Bill because you know you've talked about being banned and then your relationship with Fergus am I right in saying that if you were given the opportunity and bear in mind that you took Morris Johnson to the Rangers mm-hmm. if you were given the opportunity of doing a deal with Fergus McCann or David Murray you would want to do that deal with Felix McCann and everything. Hundred
2: percent, I've said that repeatedly.
1: Even I've, though David Murray was the guy that was behind this incredible, you know, reputation shattering or building move yeah. with Morris Johnson, what, what?
2: Fergus to me, hundred percent. If it, it was a hard man, it was always it was always for an edge, right? But he was a hard man, but it, to me, he's very, very honest and very, very easy to get on with, and. And he, I had a few dealers with him, I sold them partly getting like, things like that. And uh, he, was, he was brand new. But
1: and you didn't like David?
2: I wouldn't have said him a Christmas card. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, not, 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 not my type of person.
1: Hard man to do business with. I, I
2: wouldn't even say that, but it's just, No. Nah. I've said publicly before if I had a choice to to work with Fergus McCann or, yeah. or work with David, I would, I would take Fergus every time.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Yeah.
0: To bring it up today because it's it's been a fascinating story and thoroughly enjoyed listening to you, um, but you're still doing deals. Yes. Lewis, <laughs> Lewis Ferguson, as we said, to yes. to Bologna. Is that a kind of a, a family thing? Because obviously, you, I think you had Barry and, and Derek yeah, probably, yes, so yes, is yes. that just a natural...
2: Progression to that. Progression, right? yeah. 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 Um, I'm really pleased for Lewis because uh, I think he's got tremendous talent. But I met Lewis when he was 16, right? Mm-hmm. And he got released from Rangers. You know the Rangers released. Mm-hmm. I first spoke to him when he was about 16, in a football sense. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, I've decided... I want to play in the top leagues in Europe against a 16-year-old, who's mm-hmm. been discarded from Rangers a whole bit. And I thought, you'll do for me. Yeah. Right? He says, I know I'm going to have to work it. I know it's not going to be easy, but I want to play in France, Spain, Italy, Germany, England, the whole bit. And he will. He will I think, I mean, when we did the deal with Bologna, he's got a five-year deal with Bologna. They said to me, we'll be very surprised if he's still here two years from now mm-hmm. yeah. because we're a selling club uh-huh. and we're convinced that some of the bigger clubs in Italy.
1: He's setting the place on fire but I mean, Barry, uh, obviously, I have regular deals with Barry, he's calling us for our newspaper. He can't believe that Rangers didn't make a move. Yeah. To, I, I know we, they'd let him go in the first instance. Yeah. There was an opportunity to get him from Aberdeen yes. for a decent price. Celty yes. had the same opportunity. Yes. Did you have any conversations? Because it seems to me that both Rangers and Celtic have been guilty of letting some right good ones go off yes. their own back doorstep yes. in the last 12, 16 months. Yes. So what? What? how far did it get with either
2: though? No. no. No contact at all um, with Rangers or Celtic. Wow. That's that not surprising. Very much so. Very much so. I was even getting people involved at Ibrox phoning me up and saying to me, you sure we're not interested here mm-hmm. I said I'm absolutely convinced You're, if they're interested I, I don't know but no,
1: mm-hmm. no. because I, I'm thinking who would be of all the players of all the deals you've done who's the most expensive player that you've represented the biggest deal that you've put together been a few I know that has been a few
2: I, I sold one guy to um, Salt Lake City that was a five million dollar deal mm-hmm. um, for 2-3 million things like that Well,
1: I'm going to suggest to you that at the tail end of the Indian summer of your career there's a potential here for you to be looking at your biggest ever deal with Lewis because somebody's going to come in and pay a fortune for that kid and it will happen in the next 18 months
2: yeah. I, I, I believe that I, <coughs> I really think that will happen and um, he deserved it mm-hmm. going over there is. He, he's had to learn the language which he's doing very well with a new culture and the whole bit at the start of it, when he's over there we had a problem in as we found out after the start of the pre-season training we find out that he's suspended because he got 12 yellow cards here right. so he's missed out two <clears throat> games yeah. then we had a problem with the visa which he couldn't register so he missed out in three games mm-hmm. And they brought a lot of new players into the, the team and the whole bit. And he, he wasn't playing regularly. He wasn't playing. He played the first game that came out of remember, it was against AC Milan um, as a sub. And I said to him, look, look at the situation here. Um, if you don't break into the team by December, would you consider going on loan somewhere? And he is the most gentle man, and he said, "Well, I'm not going anywhere in I'm going to play in this team. I'm telling you, I will be a regular. As I think I'll do for me." Mm-hmm.
1: They're raving about him now. I mean, the, 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 he's, he's caught the whole the Serie A's eye. Everybody's looking at this boy yes. and beyond. Yes. What do you think? Do you, do you see him? he's Nick moved doing an Allen Hickey and going to the Premier League. And do you think already that any chance that a Scottish club might have had of of, of Signing him is gone forever because
2: I, I, th- I think so. If we're being, if we're being honest, I, I don't think the Scottish club would pay the money that they're looking for. Yeah. I, I what will
1: they be looking for, Bill?
2: I would reckon if it was to happen now, minimum eight million pounds. Mm-hmm. that's my figure, right? Mm-hmm. Having said that, they sold Hickey for 20 odd million, mm-hmm. so he only played 40 games for yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. so I mean, but he's. He's done really well there, but it's mm-hmm. all down to him to be fair. He's, he's been absolutely first class, very, very professional. This, mm-hmm. yeah, very. I've, I've dealt with a lot of good players, a lot of good professionals, a lot of good Dutch too, but <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, right? He's he's in a class right, he's, on. Right. he's he's got his head screwed on. And he, he, he said to me, Well, when I was 14, 15 years old, I visualized myself playing in foreign countries
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, and that's what I've been striving for mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's taking it in his stride I mean, yeah. there's no doubt about that he's he?
0: not going to give it up anytime soon really is he so you know I mean he's going to probably stay over the way next move probably will be to another club in Europe rather than coming yes. back here
2: yes yes I, I, I don't think he's herself, be no. the money for him now
1: no he's a, I think he's an EPL player in the right. making
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah well we could have been there last year if it hadn't been for Dave Corbett couldn't we
1: yeah, Watford.
2: Watford.
0: Mm-hmm. They were, the they the, deal, was done.
2: the deal was done. And, and, and Aberdeen chose not to go ahead with it. Mm-hmm. Um Lewis just said to me, well, you know, it worked out that Watford since got relegated.
1: And he's gone Serie yeah.
2: And he's gone Serie A. Ah, I said, by the same token, if you had been there, maybe they wouldn't have been relegated. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's yeah. another way to look yeah. at But he, he's got no regrets now. Mm-hmm. But he... If, if he desires, he will play the English Premier League. There's no not a doubt in my mind, no, honestly. No, no. Um, but if he got an offer from a big team in Italy, I think it would go there, or Germany. The, the guy that he took over from, um, he just went to, Germany, Germany to the German team start of season and they paid 10 million euros for him. Mm-hmm. So, right. I mean, Bologna said to me, hey, I have said to me, look, if he's here for two years and moves, that he'll is. be happy because you'll develop them in, in that period.
0: That's their model, isn't it? Know, you know, sell yeah.
1: them on. There's already been chat. Have you had any contact? I've read AC Milan, for example, this was, yeah. taking a, a proper, proper look. So yes. th- have you been able to have a, initial conversations with these people? Or?
2: Well, not directly, right? Um, but I know for a fact there, there's interest there because mm-hmm. Bologna are, are, are very open about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, and they've, they've told me, they've kept me in the picture, been very good. Um, I've got people that work for me in Italy, and you know, they've said to me, i oh, had a few inquiries and this, that, the next thing. Would it be interested? And I said, Aye, but he says to me, if I have to stay here for five years, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. I'll give it them all. He says, But I don't think I'll be here in five years' time. Mm-hmm. I'll be very disappointed if I am, if there are no offers mm-hmm. for me. Whether it's Germany or Spain mm-hmm. or whatever, but a couple. I mean, last year when when Aberdeen knocked them back, we would have to go. We, we had offers from PSV and all this, but Aberdeen was just asking for silly money. Mm-hmm. At one stage, they asked for eight million pound. Mm. Do you believe that? Eight million pound? And I, I, you're you're living in creepy land. That's yeah. just <laughs> no, that's just no going to happen. Mm.
1: Yeah. So what do they end up having a yeah. sale for?
2: they would say three million but that's solid
0: right
1: yeah that's solid right right. Bologna win the Champions League and throw a double six
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's absolutely brilliant just one final question if you don't mind Um, how long will it be before you kind of just turn the key and say nah that's me I'm done or is that just not going to happen that's not going to happen no 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 no
2: because he no I, I, I never think about it right. about retiring Aye. but I love the involvement you know I just I love being a deal maker if you mm-hmm. like and, and seeing things happen and making things happen yeah. and if I was to retire kill me absolutely kill me I
0: think that's a perfect way to end this it's been an absolute pleasure yeah it's so been great Bill very thanks well, all
1: thank the very best. thanks for your company mate that was yeah. enjoyable yeah it was great Right. Thank you. So you want the truth then. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>